This is Psalms to God, Season 5, Episode 12, Jonah 4, The Unmerciful Believer. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com. You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, NASB. your host Reed and today we're talking about the book of Jonah in particular we're going to be talking about Jonah 4 now just to make sure we're all on the same page before we get into it I want to give you a brief context and overview of the story of Jonah for those who may have not read that story or may not be familiar with it or just you know a little rusty on the details Jonah was a prophet in the Old Testament he was an Israelite who was called to preach repentance to the people of Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria, which was a nation that was basically at war with Israel. They weren't friends, they weren't on friendly terms. So it's kind of odd that God would send somebody to preach to them, but that's exactly what happened. So he gives Jonah this message and says, hey, go tell these people that they need to repent or else. So in the beginning, Jonah is not really down for this plan. He doesn't want to go tell the, the Ninevites this. He doesn't want to get involved. So he goes in the opposite direction, ends up causing a calamity on a boat and gets thrown overboard where he is swallowed by some sort of sea creature. This is the most famous part of the story. This is the part people preach about. This is the part people talk about. And usually this is what people discuss. They talk about Jonah and the whale or Jonah and the fish. People spend lots of time talking about whether it was a fish or a whale or some sort of sea creature. They talk about, you know, the fact that he got swallowed and whether or not that's possible. Or they just talk about, you know, him getting swallowed maybe they talk about its relevance to the messiah because the messiah quotes this when he says as jonah was in in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights so will the messiah be in the earth right and they really focus in on that part of the story but the story does not stop there it keeps going so after jonah is rescued from the fish by god himself you know god gives mercy on him and the 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 beast basically spits jonah out or vomits him up something similar to that jonah ends up going to nineveh as he was told to do and when he gets there he preaches the message that the most high sent him to preach so he tells the ninevites that they need to repent and lo and behold they actually do now this is miraculous because this is almost the same thing that our messiah was called to do for israel 
he goes in and he's telling the Israelites, now is the time to repent. You're supposed to turn back to God. You know, you've strayed away. The Pharisees are hypocrites. You know, he's trying to clean up, you know, he's trying to clean house essentially and turn their hearts back towards the most high. But Israel rejects this message. Nineveh, on the other hand, accepts the message and turns towards the most high. And in response to that, the most high extends grace and mercy and is like, okay, well, then I won't destroy the city. You can continue to live. Which irritates Jonah. And that's where we get to Jonah 4. Jonah 4 is showing us a dejected Jonah who is literally suicidal he wants like he doesn't see a reason to continue living after seeing the mercy that god is granting these people now remember the assyrians the people who live in nineveh they are basically the sworn enemies of israel so there's a part of him that just doesn't like these people for that reason but also they have been in sin. So Jonah is basically this quote unquote righteous person who is seeing somebody that's buried in sin, wallowing in their sin, who has just woken up and said, oh, okay, I repent. I want to turn my life around now. And instead of rejoicing and being happy that they're turning their lives around and that God is giving them a second chance, he is upset. He is mad at God. And he's like, no, you shouldn't do that. You should wipe their city off the face of the earth. And the whole of chapter four is God trying to explain to, to Jonah that that's not the right attitude to have. And he's trying to prove a point to him and get him to understand, you know, that grace and mercy are in order and that he doesn't have a right to be angry. And I think it's such a beautiful message. It's such a needed message. And it kind of irritates me that I never hear people preach about this part of Jonah. Everyone's always talking about him getting swallowed by the sea creature because he didn't listen. And it's always a story about obedience to God. But we never get to this part of the story where you have this righteous anger, where someone is like, they deserve to be punished they deserve to suffer or to die or whatever and that attitude is so prevalent amongst people who claim to worship the most high and it's a turnoff it's a turnoff for those of us who also claim to worship the most high but it's definitely a turnoff for the people who do not worship the most high and i i it's interesting because I think if people actually preached about it and talked about it, you would start to see changes. I think part of why this is here, why this chapter is here, is to remind us not to have this attitude. It's carried over in the New Testament, again, by the power of two or three witnesses. We see a similar parable in the, um, the, the person who owns the field and they go out and hire people. Um, and they, they promise, you know, a day's wages. It's, I can't remember exactly what the amount is, but they meet these people in the morning and they're like, I'll pay you X amount. And the people agree. So they go and they work in the field. And then around like noon, the person goes out and hires some more people. And then he goes back out and hires some more people around like three or so. 
And at the end of the day, he pays everybody the same thing. So the people who've been there all day are upset because there are people who only work two hours and they got paid the same thing. And the parable, you know, in the parable, the the owner of the field is like, did you not agree to this wage? Did you is that not a fair wage? Did I not give you what we agreed upon? And the the spiritual context is similar to how it is in life. Some people are going to meet the most high early in their life. They're going to have encounters with the most high with the Messiah and they're going to turn their life around when they're just a wee child while they're a babe and they're going to live their entire life for Christ. Um, People like myself that grew up in the church that have been cultivating a relationship since we were teenagers and are going to be held to our standard of following the most high from teenagehood all the way up until whenever we die. But there are also going to be people who are going to meet him on their deathbed. They're going to repent in the ninth hour, right? Right before they die. And we're both going to be in the kingdom. And yes, as believers, as human beings, sometimes we feel a way. We're like, well, you lived how you wanted to your whole life. Why should we have the same payment? Why should we have the same reward? And that's the same kind of thing that Jonah was feeling. These people have been behaving badly. They're not good people. They're not your chosen people. Why should you take pity on them? Why should you forgive them? Why shouldn't they be destroyed? And I've seen that mentality within the church. I watched this documentary on YouTube. And yes, I realized that YouTube is not necessarily the best place to watch a documentary. But nonetheless, I was watching this documentary on YouTube and it was about the beginning of the AIDS pandemic. And they were basically trying to exonerate this man. I forgot his name. But in the early days of the AIDS pandemic, people were basically pointing to him as like ground zero. And they were saying that he it was his fault. He was a gay man who worked as a flight attendant and he was very promiscuous. Um, and a lot of the people that he encountered, as well as I think himself, ended up with the disease and you know it there was just a lot of vitriol pointed towards him and so the documentary was basically showing how he was not actually ground zero and how it actually started to spread and you know misinformation how misinformation played into it and things like that but in the comment section Oh, goodness. If you want to lose faith in humanity, just read the comment section of anything. But in the comment section, there were a lot of people who were basically like, well, they deserved what they got. And there was this mentality that because they were, you know, gay, that they just deserved to die or they deserved to suffer. And as I was reading, I was like, how could you wish harm upon people? And that mentality that those people had is literally the same mentality that Jonah has in Jonah 4. That you deserve what you get. You deserve to be punished. You don't deserve a second chance. You don't deserve God's mercy. And it's someone who is not perfect, right? Jonah didn't follow God's instructions. Jonah was told to do something and he didn't do it. He went in the opposite direction 
And God gave him a second chance. Because God could have left him in the belly of the of the animal, the, the sea creature. He could have died at the bottom of the sea because he disobeyed God. And the punishment for disobeying God is death. That's literally what sin is, disobeying God. Well, God came back for him and gave him a second chance. But now he doesn't want the Assyrians to get a second chance. And it was the same thing in that comment section. Those people weren't perfect. I know because nobody's perfect. But they wanted to see harm done to somebody else. And we do that all the time. If you talk to Christians, they will point the finger and they will be like, yeah, well, they deserve that. Or they will they want to see people suffer for whatever they perceive as a wrong or a sin, especially if it was a wrong done to them. But they don't want that for themselves. They want mercy. I want God to forgive me. I, you know, I was just, I messed up. I didn't know no better, et cetera, et cetera. Right? I have a friend who we were having just a casual conversation. I don't even remember what we were talking about. And she said she had no sympathy for people who are suffering consequences of their sin. And I was like, that's super harsh. And she was like, well, they made their bed. They chose that. And I was like, yeah, but sometimes you mess up. Sometimes you don't know any better. Like, I'm not sitting out here being like, I have no sympathy for you. And I want to see you suffer. Like, I mean, yeah, you should make good decisions. I, I'm not going to encourage you to make bad decisions. And yes, I think if you make certain decisions, there are, in fact, consequences that you will have to go through. But it's not that I have no sympathy for you while you're going through those consequences, right? If you, I mean, if you do wrong, yeah, you're going to have to pay the price. I'm not saying I think God is wrong for punishing you. However, I'm not delighting in the fact that you're being punished. And I'm not unsympathetic to the fact that you have to go through it. I am not perfect. There are times when I've made mistakes. In fact... I literally wrote something, oh, I don't know, probably like a week ago, and I read it, it was, I, you know, I was commenting on a YouTube video, and I read back my own comment after I had posted, and I was like, you know, that kind of sounds arrogant, I come off very arrogant in this post, and I didn't mean to do that, I didn't mean to sound arrogant, and I felt bad, but I had already typed the post out, I don't, I mean... <laughs> people mess up right we're not perfect and sometimes we don't even see it until it's hindsight so I'm like I I mean I would have sympathy I have sympathy when people say things to me and I take it away and then they come back and they're like I'm sorry like I'm not like oh yeah you deserve to be cussed out no sometimes I do think that because I have a short temper but <laughs> but like there is some sympathy there like I'm not saying oh you you know you screwed up you deserve whatever you get but a lot of so-called believers get into this like righteous indignation this righteous anger where they feel like they have the right to pass this judgment or to condemn people and again no one wants that in return there is another verse that says you know remove the plank out of your own eye before you try to remove the speck out of someone else's this is about hypocrisy. It's about 
you pointing fingers when you got three fingers pointing right back at you none of us are perfect so to judge people and to hold people to these impossible standards is insane but again this is not something people spend time talking about in the church we spend more time again we talk about the fantastical part oh yeah he was disobedient he got swallowed by a sea creature okay but what happened after that after that he was in this state that he wanted so much harm to come against other people that it made him suicidal i want you to think about that these people had been in sin they repented turned their lives around made good with god and were going on about their life and meanwhile he's so upset that they're getting god's grace that he wants to commit suicide that's not hurting them god wasn't listening to jonah like okay well i'm gonna change my mind and now i'm gonna go back and and and, and destroy the city no nah, they were good all that did was hurt him that put stress on him that got him in trouble with god and it's the same thing with us and why are you even worried about those people worry about self worry i'm worried about me getting through the gates i hope you get there too but i'm not i'm not upset or whatever about god forgiving you because if he'll forgive you he'll forgive me right and if he forgave me he should forgive you but for some reason that is the most complex thing for us to understand why is that why is that so this week i wanted to talk about it because like i said i don't hear a lot of sermons that focus on jonah 4 or on this topic and i was reading it and i had flashbacks to those youtube comments that conversation i had with my friend and i just felt like this was a word that people needed to hear so this week i want you to think about that if you don't have sympathy for people you don't have compassion you're not showing grace think back to the fact that jonah was rebuked for not having sympathy those people who were hired were rebuked for not wanting the other people to get the same wages there's that verse that says remove the plank from your own eye before you try to remove the speck from somebody else's eye grace and mercy grace and mercy that being said i hope you guys have a good week and i will talk to you soon bye